Hormonal birth control is the primary option offered by healthcare providers to assist women with PCOS symptoms, but there is a lot to consider when you're deciding whether to start or stop taking hormonal birth control, how to manage the symptoms, how to prevent pregnancy without having to use hormones, and so much more. That, my friend, is why I wanted to record this episode, because it's going to cover all things hormonal birth control and PCOS, and ultimately how to create the lifestyle and incorporate or not incorporate these things as they work for you. All right, let's get started. You're listening to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of PCOS and how to repair the imbalances in your hormones naturally with a little medical help sprinkled in. Hi, I'm Ashleen Korchek, and with many years of medical and personal experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is my joy to watch women reverse their PCOS as they learn to nourish their body in a whole new way. With the power of our beliefs, our mindset, and our environment, and the understanding of our genetics, we can heal at the root cause. So there are many types and formulations of hormonal birth control, and we're going to go over those. But first, I just want to discuss how these hormones work in regards to PCOS. Essentially, when you take a synthetic hormone, meaning that it doesn't exactly match the ones that your body produces naturally, you are taking a pill or you have some sort of mechanism that's delivering these synthetic hormones, and they often vary in the dose and combination in attempt to mimic a natural cycle. By doing so, these synthetic hormones basically take over and override your natural hormone cycle. This is how they were designed to work in order to prevent pregnancy. For PCOS, the medical community feels that this may be beneficial and that it can override some of the frustrating symptoms of PCOS. But while this may be helpful for symptoms such as irregular periods, heavy or painful periods, and even it may help with things like acne or hair struggles, there are a few problems with this. The hormones of birth control are just the tip of the iceberg, so it's kind of like playing whack-a-mole instead of getting to the root of the problem and addressing it there. The second problem is, is that these synthetic hormones can deplete your nutrients and have other side effects on our health, and when we go to stop them, our natural hormones may not restart the way we want them to. That said, it is not horrible to take birth control. And as long as you understand that it's not actually addressing your PCOS, if it makes life easier to live, then it may be an excellent option for you. And then let's not forget the original reason that women may want to use birth control. That's right. They may want to prevent pregnancy and hormonal birth control can be an easy and effective way of doing that. So let's discuss the different options you have for birth control, preventing pregnancy, that is. And then we'll talk about how to consider your options in regards to your PCOS symptoms and what may or may not be helpful to you. So first of all, there is non-hormonal options such as the fertility awareness method, or another way it's called as FAM. This is often talked about by more naturopathic or functional medicine or non-medical fertility experts. The problem is with PCOS, there are some serious drawbacks. The whole idea of FAM is that you know where you're at in your cycle so that you know which days you're potentially fertile. And you'll usually hear them spout off about how well you're only fertile one to two days out of your cycle. Well, while that is true, you actually have about a week careful to not get pregnant out of your four-week cycle. So there's that to keep in mind. And it really only works if you know where you're at 
fat in your cycle. And this breaks down when you have PCOS and you have an irregular cycle and you don't know where you're at in your cycle. So I do not recommend FAM for any woman with PCOS who is not okay with a surprise pregnancy. Then you have some non-hormonal other birth control options, primary ones being the condom, the diaphragm, the female condom, and then there is the copper IUD. So these are options that help to prevent pregnancy. The copper IUD has the highest effective rate of these ones just mentioned. However, there are some issues with it in that some people find that it makes their periods heavier and some women found that it just wasn't, it maybe there be some more cramping or some discomfort or just some symptoms they didn't love about it. Then you have your hormonal options. These are going to include the pill, which has various forms and combinations and multiple or single hormones to help to override your natural hormones so that your body is prevented from you actually getting pregnant. Next, you have the implant, and the implant is like a little capsule that they actually put under the skin, usually in the arm, and that slowly releases a small amount of hormone, and it's nice because you can go several years before you have to replace it or take it out. Downsides are is that some people find is I think it's a primarily progesterone. The original one was a primarily progesterone-based pill, and some women find that a progesterone-only form of birth control, side effects of weight gain and acne. And so some women love it because they don't have to think about it again for quite a while. Other women don't love it quite as much because of the side effects that it gives. The other options include things like the ring. So this is a estrogen-based product that is literally a ring and you kind of squeeze it so that you can insert it into the vagina and then it sits around your cervix. And so it tucks way up in there so you shouldn't be able to necessarily feel it. And then you just kind of loop a finger around it and pull it out when you're ready to take it out. Typically women will leave it in three weeks, take it out for a week so they can have a period and then put it back in or put the next one in. You get a prescription of it. And so you get your next one and you put the next one in. You can leave it in for four weeks and then skip your period as well. Then there's the intrauterine devices or IUD. And the IUDs are, there's the copper one that we mentioned, which is non-hormonal. And then there are two that I'm aware of on the market, although I'm not currently in the office recommending all of these things or prescribing all of these things. And so there's always new items coming on the market. But the last I heard there was Morena and Skyla. So those two are just a difference in how many years they can stay in, but they are both a progesterone-based hormone IUD. And they work by basically inserting this little, it looks like a little T and it goes through the cervix and sits in the uterus and it keeps the uterine lining from getting very thick. That is one effect that it has. The copper IUD does that as well. In addition, the Skyla and the Morena, they release a small amount of hormone over the amount of years that they are designed to be left in. And during that, they override some of the hormonal component as well. The difference with these is that many women will still ovulate with the IUD. And although they are progesterone only, there tends to be less side effects than with the implant or with our next one that I will mention, which is a shot. So you can get something called the depot shot. The depot shot is a progesterone shot that works for, I'm going to forget the amount of time. So I'm just going to say a designated amount of time. And you just get that shot routinely so that you're able to, again, avoid pregnancy. And then if the shot wears off, you need to get it again. So those are the hormonal options. You know, there's so many different variations of those in each of those categories, but those are the hormonal options to prevent pregnancy. 
Now, they are often recommended for women with PCOS by their healthcare provider because they can get in there and they can level out or kind of override those hormones that are leading to a lot of symptoms. However, if you've listened to some of the earlier episodes, especially episodes where we've talked about root cause, they don't get in and they don't address anything like insulin or cortisol or any of your metabolic hormones. They don't decrease inflammation. In fact, there's a lot of studies that indicate they may increase inflammation and they don't restore your nutrients. In fact, they can deplete your nutrients. So what kind of considerations are a good idea when you're thinking about going on birth control or needing birth control and having PCOS? Here's the thing. If you are looking to avoid pregnancy, then hormonal birth control may be a very good option. The non-hormonal ones can be cumbersome, difficult, less effective because they require last minute action on your part to make sure that you use them at the right time and they tend to be less effective. Again, broad statements, not always the case. If you're wanting to use hormonal birth control because we have to look at the big picture of our life, and if the big picture of your life, it's going to be better if you just use a pill or an IUD or something, then I suggest that you approach it in a way of experimentation. It takes a few months with any of these options to really determine how it's going to work with your body. As an example, I was getting ready for my wedding and so I wanted to go on the form of birth control that we were going to use a few months prior because I wanted to make sure that it didn't make me break out with acne, that I had time to stop the pill prior to our wedding and try something different if it wasn't going to be a good fit. Well, that kind of backfired on me because turns out for the first three months, I was completely fine. And right about our wedding, I started getting a lot of issues with the medication I was taking. I was becoming really nauseous. And so I almost felt like I had constant morning sickness. I didn't realize that's how it felt. But after having three kids, that's how it felt. I was car sick. I just kind of felt, I was like, I just feel green. I felt kind of icky all the time. It also made me crazy emotional. Like I would be sitting on the couch and I would just burst into tears and this was after we were married and my husband would like come home from what he was doing and he would find me just crying on the couch and he's like, what's wrong? And I would start like laugh crying and I'd be like, nothing is wrong. I just can't stop crying and I kind of think it's funny, but it's kind of weird and I don't know what to do about it. I think I'm going crazy. I like don't like literally can't think of something that's wrong, but I just have this need to cry. And, you know, newly married guy, he had no idea what to do with me. And so we both decided that I probably needed to go on a different form of birth control. So then I got an appointment, went down, talked them into, because at the time they did not give IUDs to women that had not had babies yet. And so they did, but it was not a mainstream thing at that point. And so a lot of providers didn't really want to. They'd done it a couple of times. I got them to agree to do it. They're just like, it's just more painful. And I'm like, I can deal with the pain. Just I need something different than the pill. So I got my IUD. I loved it, had no problems with it, had it for four years. And then we decided we wanted to have a baby. So at that point is when I started having symptoms. And we'll talk about this a little bit more as we talk about how to come off of birth control. I didn't know. I had no idea that one, I had never formally been diagnosed with PCOS at this point. Looking back, I had several indicators. I should have been diagnosed by two different doctors that I saw back in high school, but I wasn't. So at this point, I was kind of in the dark about my hormones having any sort of disruption. And when I went to have the IUD removed, I was fine for the first month. And then I started having really heavy periods, like really heavy. 
and I started gaining weight like crazy. Like I didn't know people could gain weight that fast, especially when I hadn't changed how I was eating, hadn't changed how I was exercising, but I gained 40 pounds over six weeks. And I was just at a loss, like nothing fit. I just wanted to be pregnant. And here it's like now almost three months since I went off the birth control and I'm just gained 40 pounds. I feel horrible. I'm having horrible periods. Like what the heck is going on? So that took me a while to kind of settle down and figure that out. And honestly, I didn't really get it under control or figure out because I was just kind of blindsided and not sure what was going on. I just thought my body was going crazy and I didn't really figure it out until I finally was diagnosed with PCOS several months later. So that brings me to the try them out, see what works for you. And then all of this knowledge that we're talking about today is so powerful for you to have because what it will allow you to do is make informed decisions of what your life needs right now, what you will be facing with that decision in the future, and how you're going to manage it. Because here's the thing, if I had known what I know now, the IUD would not have been a big deal to show that further. So then I had my first baby, did not go back on birth control, got pregnant very easily after a very difficult time with my first, kind of had a surprise with my second because I was managing my hormones so well. And then after two, we were moving, selling a house, moving for a year, moving again. And two was enough at the moment. And I needed something to make sure that we didn't have another glorious surprise right away and have a third. And so I went, we were living in New Mexico for a year. I went back on the IUD because I had done well while I was on it. And I knew so much more about my hormones that I felt fairly confident, although I was a little nervous because I hadn't actually tested this theory yet. I felt pretty confident that I knew what I was doing to come off of it. So then I had that for about a year and then we were ready to try for baby number three. We had just moved again. And we were just getting settled, saw a new provider, um, had it removed, and it was easy. I went straight into even four weeks prior to really, I'm always managing my hormones, but four weeks prior to having my IUD removed, I really went into full just care for my body, getting the nourishment I needed, focusing on de-stressing and managing the inflammation and doing all the things. So once I had it removed, I had two regular cycles and then found out that we were having baby number three without gaining one pound. In fact, I think I lost about five pounds through all of that, just, you know, healthy caring for my body without necessarily meaning to. It wasn't like I didn't have any weight to lose. It was not my focus. I wasn't like, I am going to lose five pounds. It just came off because I was doing all the things that my body needed to be in balance. And then easy, healthy pregnancy. And then afterwards, we knew we were done having kids. And that brings me to the final options for birth control. When you know that you no longer want pregnancy to be an option for you and you're ready to prevent it permanently, of course, there are options like tying your tubes, hysterectomy, or get having your partner get a vasectomy. So those are all options, but they're not options when you're in your early 20s, even your early 30s, if you're still in that career mode and not ready for a baby, but you're also wanting to leave that option open for the future. So there's a lot of accounts out there that birth control can be very scary for women with PCOS, and it's pushed on us at a young age. I think being on it for years and years and years when birth control isn't even the option is probably not a good idea and probably not serving a great purpose. But when we're looking at our overall lifestyle, 
if it is helping your symptoms, if it is allowing you to participate more fully in your life because it's keeping certain symptoms under check, then there's reasons to take it. And so you're balancing the pros and cons. If you're having a hard time with your PCOS, I would encourage you to consider natural methods of managing your PCOS before turning to birth control. But if it helps in addition to add that layer of support by taking hormonal birth control and it adds to the quality of your life, then you can definitely take hormonal birth control in addition to your lifestyle management. Then if you're actually looking for birth control, all of these options that we've mentioned today are viable options. It's just a matter of deciding which one fits you best and then being willing to give it a try for three months. And if it's not working out well, to try something else. What I would advise you not to do is get in your head about it. If we tell ourselves, I need this, but it's not good for me, we start to create a resistance about it and it's not going to work out for us anyway because we're going to have this mindset of like, I need to get this thing out of me. I need to stop taking this. And it just, we start focusing on every little thing and we're sure it's the birth control and we have to let it go and just be like, you know what? This is the right choice for me. And then if you're like, this right choice for me is giving me weird side effects. I think I need to find a different right choice for me. It allows us to be really present with what's happening instead of deciding in our head already how it's going to go. Okay, so then what happens when you're ready to go off of birth control? Well, I kind of touched on that with my story, but when you want to go off of birth control, in fact, actually, while you're even on birth control, you want to be making sure that you are caring for your body, being extra good with your nutrients, really watching that you're managing your symptoms and that they're staying under control the way you want them to. Otherwise, you may need to readjust your plan. And then as you get ready to discontinue birth control, and now if you are, depending on what type you chose, if you're on a pill, you can stop it whenever you want, right? If you have the IUD or the implant that goes in like the arm, you're going to have to have it removed. If you got the depo shot, you're going to need to wait till it wears off. If you have the Nuva ring, you can stop it again at any point. The ones where the Nuva ring or the pill where they kind of mimic a cycle and you may take them away so you can have a withdrawal bleed, you know, every cycle or every month, those ones, maybe the best thing to do would be to let it finish out the cycle that you're on and then don't put it back in or don't continue taking it at that point. But that's completely up to you and how you want to do it. At that point in time, though, we have to be prepared for there may be a little bit of a rocky road. And when we know that going in, there's a calmness about it of like, yes, I'm going to have to deal with that. And I'm going to like make sure that I have room in my schedule for like three months of dealing with the rocky road. And when I'm ready to start thinking about starting a family, I'm going to, you know, get rid of my birth control somewhere in the three to six to 12 months, depending on how um, you feel about it. So if you're someone where you're like, I want to really having a good chance of having a baby by this point, then maybe take it out a year ahead of time. If you're someone who's like, I don't want to even think about having kids until this point, then if you're okay with it taking a little longer, that's okay. Just be aware. It can take somewhere between three months to a year to really get your cycle going strongly after birth control if you have PCOS. Some women, easy, no big deal. Others, it's a bit of a struggle. My recommendation is, is to give yourself those cushions of time based on your personality, your planning, your what you're wanting. And then don't go on infertility medications during that window of recovering your cycle. 
let your cycle have the time. And like I said, it can take up to a year to really rebalance itself. And it's going to need help from you. It's going to need the proper nutrition. It's going to need proper care of your health of all the things we've talked about in the other episodes, but it's going to need all of that from you in order to regain a healthy cycle after being on birth control. And then you should at that point have most likely continued to have regular periods, regained ovulation, and be ready to try for a family. Now, if you still are not having perfect ovulation and your periods are a little bit wonky, you know, during this time, you can definitely not be preventing pregnancy if you're okay getting pregnant at this point. But if you're like, okay, I'm just going to see what happens for this year and then we'll actively start really timing things correctly. And if things are still not happening and you want to start seeing an infertility treatment center, then by all means, everything you've done leading up to that will have set you up for so much more success than the typical scenario that I hear. The typical scenario that I hear is someone stops birth control, their period is all messed up. They have a similar situation that I had of like weight issues or other PCOS symptoms really just like blossoming and they can tell something's wrong. They don't know what it is. They go see the infertility specialist. The infertility specialist says, oh, but you have PCOS. You're going to have a hard time getting pregnant. And they start them on Clomid or Letrozole. And now what's happened to your body is you literally are just jerking it around. You were on birth control. You stopped birth control. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Where'd my hormones go? Like, what's going on? Like, oh, I'm supposed to make hormones? Oh, well, no one told me that. Like, thanks for the notice. And then it's like trying to figure that out. And then all of a sudden it's got Clomid or Letrozole or, you know, different medications, Provera, different medications coming at it. And it's like, whoa, 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 what's happening now? Like, it doesn't know what to do and it creates chaos. And you get yourself in this cycle of insanity where it just needs a pause. It just needs some healing. It just needs some nourishment. And then once the dust has settled, yes, you have PCOS, you may need some additional infertility assistance, but letting that dust settle, letting there be a pause, letting yourself get kind of the lay of the land and then proceeding with infertility treatments is going to do wonders for your health, for the success and for the outcome that you're looking for. So that is my recommendation as you go off of birth control. And there's a lot of ways you can do that, but those are some general considerations of just how to approach it so that it goes smoothly for you, so that it's less stressful for you, and so that ultimately your body is cared for during the process. So what we are looking for after going off of birth control is an ovulation, all right? You may have some irregular bleeding. You may have periods that are shorter than they used to be, longer than they used to be. You may feel like you're missing periods, but ultimately what we are looking for is ovulation. And so as soon as you go off of birth control, this is a really good time, especially if you're giving yourself that space, that window of time to recover from the birth control, is to then be looking at um, monitoring your cycle through something like OvuSense or basal body temperature. We've talked about that in previous episodes, but being able to determine if ovulation has in fact happened. If you are having ovulatory cycles, that is an extremely good sign that your body is doing well. Even if you're still having some other symptoms like some acne or some hair issues, if you're seeing those ovulations come through every month, that is an extremely good sign that your body and your PCOS is in pretty good health. A period is just the bleeding that happens about 14 days after 
you ovulated. In fact, it's like exactly 14 days after you ovulated. And so when we see that we're having irregular cycles, it makes us think, oh, we're probably not ovulating because finally we just had a breakthrough bleed. And so that's where if we're seeing really regular periods, that's a good indication that you're ovulating, although it's not 100%. And so I would still monitor for the ovulation itself. One of the best things that you can do as you're coming off of birth control is to focus on the nutrition. The meal plans and things that I give my clients, I mean, these are just so richly packed with nutrients. But in addition to those, taking a prenatal vitamin, taking, you know, an extra B vitamin or making sure that you're getting folate and that you're getting enough magnesium and that you're getting enough omega-3s. Making sure your body is getting enough nutrients on a routine basis is going to be so very important. Birth control can kind of affect our gut. So our GI tract as we're absorbing food can be affected by birth control. This is why when we take birth control, if we're on antibiotics, we have to be careful to use other forms of contraceptive because antibiotics also affects how well things are absorbed. And so it can throw each other off and the nutrients may not be getting absorbed. In fact, studies have shown nutrients do not get absorbed quite as well when we're on birth control. And so we are depleting our nutrients and our Western diet is already very void of all nutrients. And so we really want to make sure that we are getting nutrients through the foods that we're eating. Our body absorbs those ones the best. And then also making sure that we have some vitamin supplements to be getting and kind of covering the basis of the rest. And there you have it, my friend. Those are some considerations of how to approach birth control with PCOS. I know you've probably heard other people say avoid birth control if you have PCOS. Yeah, I'm all for avoiding birth control if you have PCOS. I tried to avoid birth control whenever possible, but there was also a time in my life that I was in professional training and that we were not ready to start a family. And I needed something that was convenient because I was working really hard and our life was very busy. I mean, we live in the world that we live in. And so there are times in our lives where we have to look at the big picture and we have to find the choice that's right for us. And that's very different from person to person. And so I hope that this information empowers you to know that if you do choose to go on hormonal birth control, that doesn't mean that it will wreck your hormones forever. There may be some recovery on the back end of it. So if you don't need to be on hormonal birth control, I mean, that's always probably easier I definitely don't recommend it to patients who are not needing contraceptive. However, if someone is really struggling with certain types of symptoms, like irregular periods, and that is getting in the way of regular life, like I know I've had times in my life where, you know, my period was getting in the way of life and that in itself was reason to take action and to be on something that helped to control that. So those are all things that we want to be considering each and every one of those considerations comes into our final decision of what is right for us right now. And then I hope that gives you hope and empowerment to know that on the back end, there's a lot that you can do and helps you kind of feel at peace with your decision. Because ultimately, when we feel conflicted, things don't work out well for us because we sit and think about them too much and it just becomes a stress in and of itself. So there you have it, my friend, PCOS and birth control how they work together may or may not be helpful for you, how to consider which might be the right option for you, and then ultimately how to, you know, kind of talk that through with your doctor to see what's available and to see what they think is going to be a good fit if you choose to go on hormonal birth control. 
All right. So if you found this episode helpful, I invite you to hit the subscribe button. We have some excellent topics coming up in the future, and I look forward to sharing those with you soon. Until then, bye for now. Did you know that studies of PCOS epigenetics have shown that our environment can either worsen or completely reverse our PCOS symptoms? I believe that although PCOS makes us sensitive to our environment, it also makes us powerful. When we learn what our body needs and commit to providing those needs, not only do we gain back our health, but we grow in power just by showing up for ourselves. This is why I've created a guide for you to get started. My PCOS fertility meal guide can be found in the show notes below. I want to show you how to create an environment that promotes healing while still being able to live a life that you enjoy. This guide is completely free, so go get your copy now so that you can step into the vision that you have for your life and for your health. Thank you.